BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Born in the Rockies, Coors Light is lagered cold for a crisp, clean taste. Filtered cold to ensure clarity and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve the world's most refreshing beer. Bulls are back. <laughs> They're back, huh? <laughs> but this, this is this is what I was going to say, Tony. There was a game. I know you'll remember this because I remember us talking about it that night. I can't remember the exact specifics of it, but there was a game where the Bulls beat the Wizards down the stretch of the 2019-20 season, and Bradley Beal was like inconsolable in the locker room after yeah. all these like doom and gloom quotes. And we had a conversation in the media room about like, man, this is what losing to the Bulls does to you. Like it it like breaks you. And uh, it's just kind of funny. The Bulls, like, did that. They're doing the that to right? people. They're like, like, if you look at the – Jason, have you seen the post-game stuff with, with Boston? Yeah, I, I saw Marcus Smart's uh, comments. And uh, that's the – I mean, those two guys to do it to, right? Jalen is a cerebral dude. Jason's yeah. not going to fire back at you. Marcus Smart knows exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it, too. Well, um, they, well Tatum and Brown then declined to speak to the media, so – I mean, we also uh, Marcus Smart was also a guy who the last two years has been in tr- all the trade rooms. Yeah. So uh, that's one of those dudes who you need him because you might not be tough enough, but he might point out how tough you're not. So I can dig it. I mean, they they deserve to feel this way. They, they the Bulls shouldn't have won this game tonight. It's as simple as that. Uh, a good team closes them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but none, and no shade to the Bulls. Like they played their ass off, and as we talked about on the post game show, they walked them down. Right? You jump out and you start to, you know, feel yourself a little bit and ease up. And that I'm, hey man, Brad Stevens, he pulled the reverse Popovich. He knew, <laughs> he, he he knew when to get his ass up out of there. He's <laughs> like, hey, man, I know you've been. I know you've been looking for a gig for the last three, four years. Uh, here you go. <laughs> Here's a combustible, you know, star tandem with a, an irascible uh, shooting guard slash point guard who defends power forwards. And oh, by the way, Romeo Langford's going to come off your bench. Yeah, the, and there's, no, and there's no depth at all. So, like, yeah. that's the thing. When they take all those shots, it's like, all right, well, I'm sure that the counter argument is who else has taken them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a it's the the roster composition is nasty. So, um, yeah. But shout out to the Bulls, man. Like this is these are the games to the last two years that the Bulls not only didn't win, they weren't up in right. So they, when it comes down to it, uh, Zach Levine and and this is so important because I think that stretch last year when they went three and eight really told our tourists and Mark Evers that we can't have this happen again. And instead of it being COVID, it's an injury that a guy has to play with and you hopefully carry him through three quarters. And then in the fourth, he could turn it on. I believe the score was, and I'm watching the game right now again, uh, the fourth quarter, 
Uh, I believe it was like 106, 104. And then Zach takes it to the, to the hoop. He comes down. He gets fouled again uh, by Josh Richardson. Uh, how the mighty have fallen, man. I remember people used to talk about it, like him with the Philadelphia 76ers, like he was about to be the next Jimmy Butler or something. But mm. Josh Richardson fouls him and he starts. And this is the thing, too. Zach has to, Zach's still transforming from last year's Zach, where the body language and some of the things that he did, you know, the, 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 uh, not the begging for calls, but showing how frustrated he is and how, mm. how frustrated he always is when things aren't going his way. Uh, like you still saw some of that. Tonight, but at the same time, you saw Zach, as as Hawk would say, bow his neck and, and get in there in that fourth quarter and bring it all home. Demar Derozan, though, man, I think you know not not just the bench, but Demar Derozan is has been the the story of the last two games. Like this is why Mark Eversley and Arturus Karnaschovas did this. They they not only don't want to go three and eight down the stretch if they are you know in playoff positioning, which they will be, uh, but they also want to make sure that there's a professional scorer who has closed out games before on the team. Zach Levine, how many times we talked about it last two years? Zach Levine scores 30 and the Bulls lose by seven, eight points. That That's not happening again this year. Like mm-hmm. if the Bulls lose by eight or nine points because those two dudes didn't score or those two dudes didn't impact the game or put enough of an imprint on the game. So this is this is exactly what Mark Eversley and Arturus Karnaschovas hoped it would be. And then on top of it, you get a guy who, and I, I made the analogy on the postgame show, you know, long relievers become closers really quickly in Major League Baseball. You get a few outs, and then all of a sudden, a right, higher leverage situation, you get a few more outs in the setup, and then all of a sudden you start to get that reputation that maybe an opening opens up and you're a closer. Uh, Ayo Desumu, from summer league to now, He's gotten moment after moment to prove himself. And he not only has proved himself, but he's hanging with some pretty damn good players on the floor, too. Like, Boston had their closing lineup out there mm-hmm. when Ayo was going at it. So, and the game don't look too fast for him. Uh, he doesn't have the thing that we talked about with Patrick Williams where he doesn't understand that he needs to shoot the ball. Like, I would assume he was a point guard, so he's had the ball in his hand most of his life. You're going to take it out of his hand and then put it in his hand for 14, 15 minutes. He's going to be who he's always been. So, uh, I think we're learning a lot of things about the Bulls as they're learning about each other as well. That's why this offense looks the way it does in the half court. They have to get up and run because they still don't know each other on offense. You can tell when it gets stagnant. It's, it's guys looking at each other, wondering what where the other guy is going to be or not knowing if they're going to get the ball in a certain position. So this is one of those games where you're happy you got the win, but I'm sure Billy Donovan has everything cut up for them on the ride or the plane ride to uh, Philadelphia. So Bulls are, Bulls are a damn good team, man. And defensively, they're a lot better than I think anybody outside of Billy Donovan thought they would be, of course. Yeah, and Jason, I'll say – what you said earlier about the Bulls weren't supposed to win this game and the Bulls shouldn't have won this game. I, I might agree with you, but one sensation that I felt watching this game tonight that I really haven't felt since I started covering this team, I genuinely believe for every second of that game that the Bulls were going to win that game. Maybe we're going to come back down I 19? Genu- I, I genuinely did. No, I genuinely did. Okay. No, I came into so that's, that's you saying you don't believe in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown then. Uh, <laughs> that might be yeah. part of it. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I think really what it says – and there are like numbers that bear this out, and there are trends within this game that bear it out. But this Bulls team is a mentally tough team. Yeah. Which, to your point about what AK and Mark Eversley wanted to address over the offseason after seeing how the second half of last year unraveled, it's such a revelation from then until now. 
I, I think DeRozan is a huge part of it. I mean, you listen to him talk post game yeah. about how he was, you know, he felt it was gratifying that this team didn't back down, that they did fight, and that he knew coming in that this was a group that would do that because the guys that were in the building when he signed on were guys with chips on their shoulders. Uh, you look at the way that he's just produced the last few games, obviously two 30-point games <laughs> in a row. And, like, credit – well, one credit the bench tonight for all the yeah. questions that they've faced over the course of the year. I mean, all four of those guys, Billy Short in the rotation to nine tonight. And I, this, I suspect, is going to be pretty close to what it is moving forward just because all four of those guys, uh, Tony yeah. Bradley, I would assume cool. Derek Jones Jr. and Caruso, have all proven themselves so trustworthy over the last two games, the Bulls' best two wins of the season. Um They've proven themselves really trustworthy over that span, so I could see them getting relied upon moving forward. So give them credit. Give DeRozan credit, obviously, for being the steadying force. I mean, he had 17 points in the first 14 minutes of this game, and he's so huge to buoying those reserve lineups at the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. Um, Obviously, he drops in another 10 in the fourth. Mm -hmm. But Zach Levine, too, for the second game in a row, enters the fourth with a very un-Zach Levine-like stat line, 13 points, 4-14. And – you know, almost out of nowhere, he's just unstoppable off the dribble. Like, he just can't be contained. Um, I think the Bulls completely lost the identity that Billy Donovan wanted them to play with in the first half. They weren't generating turnovers. They were coughing up the ball too much in their own right. They only had three free throw attempts in the first half. And then in the fourth quarter, were just relentlessly attacking the basket. Scored 12 points off of eight Boston turnovers in the second half. Attacking the glass. Attacking the glass. Leveled that out over the course of the game like they did against Utah. I think they ended up in the with an advantage over Boston by game's end um, and didn't against Utah, but they leveled it out a little bit. Yeah, 50 and 38 was the rebounding advantage. And and Boston, like, there was some crazy shot making going on in their stretch where they kind of took the lead and took control of the game. I think there were 15, 25 from three entering the fourth. Obviously, that wasn't going to sustain. But the Bulls were also giving them a decent amount of open looks in the first, you know, in this, especially in the second or third quarter of that game. It didn't seem like the rotations were as crisp. It seemed like there were a lot of uh, – there was a lot of open space for Boston to work with, and that really restricted um, in the fourth. So I think the way that this team turned this game on its head, really in the last 14 minutes, I think they outscored them 51-18, to 18, is so was so, so impressive to me. It's such a revelation to me. And I'm getting closer to being not quite in wait-and-see mode with this team and being like, all right, this is who they are. Because these last two wins, these last two tests that they passed, uh, to me, surmount anything that they did last year and obviously during the rebuild before that. So, um, yeah, just a super impressive back-to-back wins. The, uh, the schedule doesn't get any easier, so we'll see where it goes from here. But, I mean, beyond even the 6-1 and one record, the way that they've gotten the last two, I think should have the Bulls feeling um, yeah. pretty good about themselves right now. It's not perfect, like you said, Jason, but for them yeah. to win while being this imperfect is a step forward to me. Yeah, don't let me. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. My bad. No, it's the the most impressive thing is they're taking those punches that they were same as last year, but they're giving them back, like they're withstanding the runs. Yeah, they're not getting pumped. Yeah, right. They're they're not getting knocked out. They may get knocked down during you know some stretches like that Jalen Brown run, um, where he's like you know at least had good looks on like five straight possessions in the second quarter. I was like, man, all right, well, this it. But they came back in that second half, and they were like, in the end in the fourth quarter, they were like, no, no, like we've. It felt like it felt like a veteran team, <laughs> like they've experienced those those woes before, and then just didn't want to lose. Uh, and again, Rob, you mentioned before we started recording, it's just this is a tough team. Like all that stuff, Jim Boylan was talking about grit and you know wearing across your chest and stuff like that, like. They're actually doing that now under Billy Donovan in, in this new roster. So, yeah, man, this is this is crazy. 
Yeah, it's it's the difference between uh, having dogs and having guys that you are asking questions about. Like there, there are very few questions. If the Bulls get beat now, is tangible uh, reasons why the Bulls are gonna get beat because they don't rebound. Bulls might get beat because they don't shoot or take enough three pointers. The Bulls might get beat for several reasons, but it ain't gonna be because you're just gonna outright pump the Bulls. Right. There, there, there isn't going to be any wilting. And if there is, then we're going to have some questions. But, you know, and, and a game here, a game there. Like, let, let's face it. I mean, the way the Celtics have opened up this season, uh, especially at home, they've been atrocious. They're, they're one of the worst offenses in the NBA at home and one of the better ones on, on the road. So I'm sure that's been stamped in their mind by Ime Udoka over the last few days. Like, hey, man, we got to get these home fans something to actually come out to TD Garden. And it's TD Garden, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually come out to TD Garden and, and pay their money for. It. So what happened is they caught the Bulls thinking that, you know, you know what it is? It's, it's, it's Friday walkthroughs on a football team where you're like, all right, you look at your man, you go, hey, we're we going to handle this at the same speed now. You know, we got we got something to do on Saturday. Don't be out here embarrassing me. Well, the Bulls thought they were going to trade jabs with a team that has been beaten down. You got people in Beantown asking who's going to get traded first, Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart, right? So they, they came out there and acted like some dudes who had something to play for. They, they, they are woefully disappointing. And the Bulls got caught flat-footed. The Bulls uh, – and also the Bulls weren't making some shots, right? Like Zach Levine started out two for ten. Uh, Vooch is still struggling from the field. But their their bench, as Rob mentioned, I mean, all you really need is a, a, a backcourt guy, a wing guy, and a big. They got two backcourt guys. They got a wing guy now and Derek Jones, who they filter in minutes to. And they got Tony Bradley, who has, over the last couple of games, come off the pine and actually affected the game. So uh, the Bulls got caught, and then they they rallied. That's yeah. that's that's exactly what you want out of the team. Like, how many nights have we seen out of town where you're watching a TNT game or something like that? You're like, man, is this the representation of what this team truly is? And then, yeah, then we go, company? right, right, right. And then you're like, oh, damn, it's just an off night for them. Sometimes you catch an off night, but you stop it. And that's what the Bulls did tonight. They, they were having an off night, and the Celtics were hitting everything. And all of a sudden, a lot of averages come into play. And you look at your guys, you look at your two guys, and Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, and they they just cut from something a little bit different. I'm not saying they're more or less talented, but they just cut from something a little bit different. They got that effort in their system. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, there's questions about that. So I uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, watching Kendall Gill and Will Purdue be this excited about this team. You know, I'm, I've only been – on this thing. This is my third season. Last two years have been dreadful. They've been tough to watch. They've been tough to talk about. We've been sitting here talking about players who we kind of knew what the deal was, but we're hoping about it and hoping that these foundational pieces can grow. Ah, man, F that. The moment you didn't make the playoffs last year, our tourist car showed us and Mark Eversley said, hey, I understand mm-hmm. all that building through the draft and all that. Yeah, the draft capital out the window. We got three all-stars. So, yeah, that's the kind of win you're supposed to get. I guess, when when you have those all-star players. But, man, when they were down 19, it's easy for teams to pack it up. It's mm-hmm. very easy. And they didn't. And not only did they not pack it up, they won the game. That's the big difference. Sometimes teams go hard, and the next thing you know, they down seven with two minutes to go. You could just tell that the legs are out of them. They went hard from, from first man to the ninth man in the rotation. And when you're doing that, 
You can't look around and, and be like, all right, I don't want to be the only guy out here getting caught, not going hard. And I think that, you know, Lonzo Ball, the pass before the pass, that happened three times down the stretch. You know, you can look at Lonzo's numbers and be like, oh, you know, is he controlling the game enough? Is the ball in his hands enough? The ball is in his hands. It's just there for a half a second. Because he, if you look at anybody, he's the dude that's going to make a decision. And his decision, I mean, he found DeMar DeRozan on the shot clock play. He found DeMar DeRozan, I believe, on the play after that where DeMar hit the, the three in the same spot damn near. So, yeah, everybody provided. Everybody was themselves. And that's the other thing, too. Nobody's, like, being anything outside of themselves so far. And that's the thing that I appreciate. And that was the thing about the old iterations of this team, right, Jason, when you were talking about asking questions of guys. Everyone seemed like – they were in a role that they were a little bit underqualified for. And now right. like the hierarchy makes a little bit more it's sense. A great, great way to put it. I do want to, I do want to talk a second about the bench guys though, because obviously the all-stars are going to headline every win and the bulls depth has been a major question and maybe it still will be moving forward. But um, when you talk about just like, like F draft capital, like let's just go all in for like the stars right now, the, the four guys off the bench that Tony Bradley, his rim protection, I thought really, really, really helped swing yeah. in the third quarter. Derek Jones Jr., you know, we talk about undersized with the Bulls in the front court and on the glass, but they looked a little undersized to me tonight, even on the wing, like trying to handle Brown and Tatum. Like those are two <laughs> big wings, yeah. really, really, really good scoring wings. And Lonzo Ball's a really good multi-positional defender, but when he's your only option on those guys, it can get a little tough. Like you saw Brown and Tatum both making tough shots over Ayo DeSumo or Alex Caruso. And it's not that these guys aren't good defenders. They're just undersized to be guarding wings of Tatum and Brown's size and um, and caliber. So I thought Derek Jones Jr. was massive. He got a couple big stops on Tatum down the stretch. I think his his defensive activity the last two games since he re-entered the rotation has been great. Ayo, obviously a career high, 14 on 6 of 6. Shooting, hit a couple floaters, which I think is big for kind of how he struggled to finish so far. Hit a couple threes. Um, His development since Summer League, Jason, like you mentioned, has been uh tremendous and then caruso does what he does got in a little bit of foul trouble it seemed like for a second but still comes out of it with two uh i think two steals and um closes the game and is uh a force defensively the way he always is those four guys bradley's on a minimum contract i would assume it was a second round pick this year Derek jones jr was kind of a rabbit pulled out of the lowry mm-hmm. market hat when that mm-hmm. restricted free agent situation turned sour um and, and it became evident that there was going to be a breakup there and it was a matter of well what can the bulls get um, so that that's three of them. And then Caruso is a mid-level exception guy. Like mm-hmm. the fact that those guys all contributed the way they did again, depth could still be a question moving forward. Um, but like those look like, looked like tonight and looked like the other night. And, you know, again, we'll see how it plays out, but they look like they could be wins on the margins. And that's another thing past iterations of this bulls team were missing. Um, not only were the guys at kind of the highest levels of the hierarchy, maybe a little bit miscast, there wasn't that backup behind them. Um, to provide that support if one or two guys yeah. uh, were off. So I, I, I think that's been really encouraging, the fact that the bench, I think they scored 36 points tonight. That's well above the season average. That's near the bottom of the league. Um, so maybe it won't be sustainable. I, you know, I don't think I was averaging 14 points a game for the rest of the season. But it was it was great to see that from him and, and the little developmental signs that were in there from him. It seems to me like he's got that rotation spot locked down until Kobe gets back at least, and then we'll see how things kind of readjust. Um, but I, I think the bench, the resilience or along with the resilience, um, and obviously the star power of DeRozan and, and Levine, I thought the bench was a huge, huge story from tonight and a huge, huge story from, from Utah. Um, if that can keep up, I think that really, really helps raise, um, the ceiling and floor of the Bulls team, especially with Pat out. Cause we thought it would strain the depth when Pat comes out. Turns out 
him going out has kind of opened this opportunity for Derek. Well, it may, it may, it may though, because you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know, guys, um, it's kind of like utility players, right? Like if they get more at bats. Then yeah. their weaknesses will be found out. Like, they're going to be teams who look at the tape and the good coordinate, the vid- good video coordinator is going to splice it up for the assistant coach, and then the assistant coach is going to make a suggestion and look Yo, like he's got most tape on the board. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, <laughs> hey, hey, it's not a joke though, because check it out. Two years ago, Joel Embiid would not be taking off the Blazers game. He'd be taking off the Bulls game, mm-hmm. right? Load management tonight for Joel Embiid. Doc Rivers knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Right, this is a team but, that uh, but Mike Conley took the Bulls game off a couple nights ago. But, Understood. And, the people walking next and they beat him. Yeah. And they, they beat him, though. They did. They beat him. So, you know, and, and this is a conference foe. You know, mm-hmm. you may see the Bulls. So, you know, and Wendell Carter ain't there to piss you off to get 50 either. So, like, you know, this is, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. No, I'm... Uh, I'm enthused, man. I, I I hope I didn't come off in the, in the opening like I'm um, hating on the Bulls. I'm, dude. They're, no, but they're, they're, just, this is what we talked about last year, though, when this team was showing signs. It's like eventually the standard of how fans think of them, how we think of them, and like the expectations that we hold them to, eventually they do ratchet up. And I do think we're at the point that when you point out the inconsistencies and the imperfections of a game, like the Bulls internally talk about everything they did. Like they're 100%. not going to rest on their laurels because they won – two games against good teams, you know, in the first seven games of the season and they're six and one, like they're not going to rest on their laurels for that. Um, they now have the vets on the team that kind of won't allow that. Like listen to DeMar DeRozan talk every time they get a win that is perceived as a quote unquote statement win. Like he's been there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, so I don't think it's a bad thing to like bring up and kind of nitpick with this team because that's kind of what everyone's been asking for, right. Is to be of a quality that you can nitpick them. And that's what's expected. And they can still win games when there are things to nitpick. Like and you spent you spent too much damn money this summer to to, oh, to yeah. be you know having um, moral parades. Yeah, you know, no, like no. <laughs> you spent two hundred million dollars when it, for that kind of money you expect to return, and the expectations need to be ratcheted up. And I mean, like you mentioned, Demar Derozan has gone toe to toe and got eliminated, but gone toe to toe with LeBron James. 
So yeah, he ain't sitting here on a on a you know a early November night talking about a statement <laughs> win, right? This is what yeah. two years ago and last year we were talking about. Now it's okay. The Bulls got themselves a really good win, and mm. they're undefeated on the road, which is good, right? They're going into other people's cribs and beating them. And this, I mean, you're talking about a 33 point turnaround. They knock down 19. You win a game by 14. It don't get much better than that on a on a random Monday night in the NBA, and people starting to take notice around the country. Like I'm getting a lot of calls and texts from people who didn't give a damn about Bulls basketball, frankly, mm-hmm. and the Bulls didn't give them reason to give a damn about Bulls basketball. But when you throw all that talent out on the court together, and we talked a lot about fit in the offseason, and I got a lot of people who, you know, I'm working alongside at the Ringer now who were doing the fit conversation, and I I told them. Just throw the best basketball players on the floor and then figure it out. And DeMar DeRozan has figured it out. I mean, Vooch has struggled. He was one rebound and one assist away from a triple-double tonight, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got players who impact the game on different levels. And Zach's thumb is going to be an issue, right? And, and you know, Ayo DeSumo getting those minutes and actually not just being a guy out there, you know, being a dude who actually helped them. Like he's he's getting that look from Billy Donovan and Billy's not going to he's not going to stray away from it because he's you know, he's got a couple guys banged up. Pat Williams is out. Kobe White is out. Zach Levine's thumb is obviously bothering him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you need as many bodies as possible. And dudes are answering the bell. This is what you paid for. This is what you drafted for. You ain't drafting guys to think, OK, three years from now, maybe I would assume it could be, you know, a, a backup point guard in this league. No, he, yeah, that kid was pissed off when he got into the league that he wasn't the first rounder. So use mm-hmm. that. And, and, they, and they're using that to their advantage. I'm I'm I'm. It's not even cautiously excited about this. Like I, I'm excited about this team. This city, this city hums at a different frequency when this team is good. You got, you know, I got, I got rappers in my phone asking me for courtside <laughs> tickets. Like uh, one, I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One, I, Freddie, I can't get you a courtside seat. Yeah, so hit me up. Now, now, yeah. Oh man, I'm going to the Bulls game, man. What, can, can you hook us up with something? I'm like, damn, I think you. I think Miss, you misjudged. Yeah, you misjudged what I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no, you got a better chance. You on the intro. Yeah, 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 no. Oh, dude, that's the worst thing that could have happened to you, Tom. Is <laughs> <laughs> that is that montage at the beginning of the season? Because you were the you were the you are the reason. You are the narrator for the Bulls playoff run that's getting ready to happen here. No, but it's it's cool to be excited about things. Like it's okay. Like even you as a, a, a hardcore journalist, Rob, and KC is a hardcore journalist. Me and Tony are just fans out here with microphones, right? And there's still the feeling of, damn, this is different. And it's okay for it to be cool. Like, we fell in love with sports because we saw cool things happen and teams win games and and, and and players, you know, make legacies. And now we're in the moment where we're all grown up and we're working around this thing and we get jaded. I, I know I have. I've been jaded, you know, before. And I'm sitting here watching every game with a, a former champion and a dude who was the top five pick in the in the NBA draft. And everybody on that set is excited as hell because we know what this last couple of years have been. So it's okay to be excited about this team until until further notice. Like I'm, there is not a team right now that I fear as a Bulls fan. There's not one. And and of course, playoffs are different. 
because you got experience. You got guys who, you know, you're going to see me for 42 minutes instead of the 34 on a regular season night, right? And rotations change, injuries cause you to do certain things, and coaching comes out, I think, in the playoffs more so than damn near any other sport, to be honest with you. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the playoffs are a long ways away. Got a lot of games to watch with this squad. But if I'm a Bulls fan, be enthused, man. Be enthused about this squad because they are – you know, Billy Dobbins pressing the right buttons. Like he's looking like a he's looking like a mad scientist over the last couple of games. Okay, here you go, Derek Jones Jr. Oh, Tony Bradley, you haven't played damn near all year. Go out there and affect you know affect the game. Not just not just be a body, be a rim defender. So yeah. it's okay to be happy about this squad. And to, to be to be fair to to Derek Jones Jr. and Tony Bradley, they they were definitely out of the rotation to start the year. Billy has said a couple times that the injuries that affected them preseason kind of affected. Of course. Up. So I do think it it kind of has been like the rotation opportunity opening up as they're kind of back to full strength. That's kind of been a right place, right time thing for them. And they've been, um, you know, again, small sample. It's a two game sample. But to me, it's it's a more substantial two game sample in the sense that these are just two good teams and it's been two impressive performances. So we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but yeah, Jason, like you said, I mean, excitement wise, like. I've been in wait and see mode with this team just because, you know, everything can look one way on paper and I've right. looked pretty good on paper coming in, but you just don't, you just don't know what it's going to look like in practice. Seven games, you know, again, like, and like you said, with the journalist aspect, like I try not to make yeah. to two ahead of my skis or like make student uh-huh. declarations or whatever, but I'm getting closer with the wait and see thing to saying, okay, this is what they are. Like these two, these last two wins have been to me as impressive um, as any that I've honestly seen since the start of the 2019-20 season when I yeah. joined the I mean, there were there were a couple sprinkled in there last year, but there was enough that was sour to kind of obs- um, you know obscure it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's really little reason as a fan to not be um, optimistic in an unbridled fashion right now. And you know, if if there's going to be wake up calls over the next yeah. you know 13 games or so this West Coast trip, um, but for the foundation that they've laid, those measuring sticks can, you know, it, it's, it's easier to believe that they're going to be kind of springboards moving forward and that, um, you know, they'll learn things and take things away from the defeats and the bad games and things like that. Um, like the way that they've responded to that Knicks loss and losing Patrick with the jazz win. And now this win, um, it just shows a level of resilience that I don't want to say I didn't expect from this group, but it just, you know, the, you just haven't the, seen it. The Bulls yeah. team last year and the rebuilding Bulls team, you just yeah. didn't see it. So it's, it's refreshing to see is how I would frame it. Yeah, yeah. So everybody out there, uh, keep hitting up Tony Gill for tickets. You know, uh, <laughs> say what's up to Rob and KC when you see him at the UC. Make sure they're not on camera, though. Make sure they're not on camera because we are on high alert. Yeah, when we are Steve, on camera. Bro. Shout yeah. out to Steve. Shout out to Steve, man. Don't play with Steve. All right, let me tell just you. Don't, just, just don't mess with Steve. Yeah, Steve is the mayor right now. He he, he ain't paying for a drink anywhere he goes. He probably wasn't before that, but he ain't paying for a drink anywhere he goes right now. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this Wait, is how, different. I want to I want to ask you, Jason, uh-oh, if you have time before uh-oh, you go. How, no, just just how was it? I mean, it's been a long time since we've been able to do the setup, the set in the UC. Like mm-hmm. a lot of fans there. It was a great win. There was electricity. Like how how was that to be back in that setting as opposed to the studio, which is where we've kind of been. Um, I don't want to say confined, but like sequestered for the last right. with, with the pandemic stuff. It was outstanding. It was super cool. I haven't pulled into that parking lot in forever. I haven't talked to those people for in forever. I haven't seen the people in the tunnel forever. I haven't seen the concessions people. Uh, it was it was outstanding to see people 
right? To be around people and also, you know, be as safe as you possibly can be. And then when the post game starts, you got the the entire, you know, bunch of crazies behind you. You got kids trying to take pictures of Kendall. Like it felt good. It felt good. And and the last couple of years, right before COVID shut us down, the the feeling Bulls fans are like the the fan base in this city that don't get talked about a lot. But Bulls fans go hard, right? Like Bears fans, we fall under that umbrella. Sox fans get chided because, you know, 25,000, 30,000 on a summer day, whatever the case may be. And then Cubs fans get the why you going if they lose in vibes outside of the winning that they've done, obviously, in the last four or five years. But Bulls fans go hard. So they, they were very receptive. And, um, you know, the United Center is a different, different vibe when it's good. It's a fun night when it's not good because there's so much stuff going on. The food is great. And and the stadium, even though it's one of the older stadiums now in the NBA, is still the creature comforts still feel like it's updated enough. But when that thing is rocking, it's it's a different thing. And of course, like look at the nights that you've had the last couple of nights, too. You've had the Tony Kukoc celebration, you've had the Joaquin Noah celebration. So um Things are happening in a good way. There's a good feeling and a good momentum about this team, and we definitely felt it the other night when we were in the UC, uh, even though we had an uninvited guest on the post-game show. But, you know, it was it was fun. It was fun. And then all these other outlets that are picking it up, you know. I'm sitting there not knowing what the hell is going on. Look I said, look, look, I said look, look at this look like six times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't want to curse and I didn't want to get up. You know what I'm saying? So I could, still, tell that, I could tell that was you on autopilot just being like, let me just yeah, these words out of my mouth so that no other words come out of my mouth. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cause I was, like this yeah, 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 yeah. Tony, I don't know what capabilities we have here, so I'm not going to say what I actually wanted to say. I don't know if we've got like, you know, what I think we should start doing is play a, like a famous scene from a movie anytime we're about to curse and and just just block that out. But I was definitely uh, there was some choice words because you know Kendall didn't see him, and I see a, a, a Benny the Bull mascot head going underneath the ropes. I'm like, what's happening here? And then then he points to his jersey, and then I see Steve launch, and I'm like, uh oh. And then we we had, and then Fogel, you know, I think Fogel was right behind him. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's the guy. That, that was Steve making sure Fogel didn't go to jail that that night. That's all that was, because you know, everybody at the at the spot knows how nice Fogel is. And I, for guys like that, I say anytime there's somebody that nice, they definitely have a couple of bodies on them. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, so, so uh, shout out to Fogel, shout out to Matt Buckman, and definitely shout out, shout out to the legend Steve G for uh, keeping us safe and get another Bulls win, man. It's not much you could ask for. Not much more you can ask for. That's all I got, Tony. You got anything? What you got, Tony? Are you gonna be wearing your Joel and B jersey? <laughs> huh? That's, huh? Uh, that's my guy. I know it is. I know it is. I, I, I fully expect him to have this view this as a get right game. And, and yeah. I still think yeah, for, for everything we've for everything positive that we've said about the Bulls and being back and everything like that, Joel Embiid is the guy that's built to oh, yeah. team and has been oh, yeah. time. So oh, yeah. It's a this, big, this, big, big test on Wednesday. This is this is also title too. Yeah. Well Yeah, man. Yeah. We've been talking about Tybal since yeah, yeah, we've draft. Yeah, yeah, we've we've yeah, yeah we've loved Tybal. Yeah. No, he's, he's he's all defensive first team this year. Um, yeah, because he's been he's been trending that way. He's been get, he got that look last year and, and it was, played it his was ass just off. a playing time thing for him last year. Like his per minute production was off the charts, but 
Now they okay. They okay. And my man Ben Simmons is shooting Jays again, you know, in practice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Looking looking forward for that to that Sacramento trade or whatever the hell he's gonna go. He's gonna be yeah. so disappointed when he ends up in Sacramento. No, I, I man, I'm t I am I do not think he should be. I don't think he should hey go go somewhere and get your mind right, take it cool off and show everybody why you're the number one pick a few years ago. Yeah, this this is uh this this could be a 37 and 18 game for Joel and B, but uh if if all you gotta do is make because Tobias Harris is in the protocol, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh Danny Green's day to day. Seth Curry is Seth Curry. Get, just got to make sure Furcon Korkmaz no, doesn't get off. <laughs> yeah, if if Korkmaz goes off against this iteration of the Bulls too, it might just be Korkmaz might just be that dude because he. Yeah. I mean, I, I I watch more Philly than just when they play the Bulls. But if you right. only watch Philly when they played the Bulls, you would think that dude was like an All NBA player. He's yeah. Just yeah. he torches them every time. Yeah, he's Larry Bird every time the Bulls see him <laughs> the last couple of years. And, yeah, obviously rebounding, right? They're 50 to 38, yeah. they beat up on the uh, Celtics tonight. But Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid are two hard guys to box out. So yeah. Lazo Ball is going to have to be up there in the sevens and eights. Uh, Alex Caruso is going to have to get five or six. Um, You know, Zach's going to have to get five or six. Tomorrow's going to have to get five or six because it's, it's really going to be the guards having to neutralize and, and kind of you know make sure that it doesn't get too lopsided because there's a lot of second chance opportunities for the Celtics tonight especially in yeah. that first half so they gotta they gotta clean that up as much as they possibly can because with the functional height that they have they can only do so much when you're starting Javante Green at power forward stuff like that. I'll be interested to see what, if the lineup changes at all as well against this Philadelphia team well, I want. I yeah, it, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, we'll we'll track him moving forward, but just you know, depending on how much trust Derek Jones Jr. garners throughout, you know, he's a guy that can play the four. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, you're getting eleven or twelve from Vooch. That's the thing. No matter how yeah. shoot, like you were saying earlier, Jason, yeah. like that's yeah. that's a big that's that's a good base from him. But the other thing about the guards rebounding is like we've like we've said and like Billy said all year, this Bulls team has to run. They have to get out and transition to be yep. the most efficient offensive team they could be. And Billy was saying this before the game, uh, before the Utah game, that one of the kind of like subtle keys to being able to do that is when guards crash the glass and you don't have to kind of wait for that outlet and then kind of have things from, from a big and have it unfold in front of you. When the guards can just take it and go, that's when they really unlock kind of their most efficient transition game. So if they're able to do that, it's going to be tough against Philly because they're big and physical at every position. Um, if they're able to do that, there's a couple different benefits that that can have. So Yeah, yeah I mean, look who, he, look who he got a chance to coach you know, his first professional job, you know, Russell Westbrook, right? So he understands the the key to a guard taking that thing off the glass after Steven Adams or Nikola Vucevic in this iteration uh, has boxed somebody out well enough that one of your littles can get the ball and, and get up the court. So looking forward to seeing uh, another test for this Bulls team. And yeah, this thing is rocking, man. Post-game and pre-game show feel a lot different when the team is good. And the team has high expectations because every little thing you say is it like you said nitpicked or it's actually uh, not not only constructive criticism but received criticism because those guys hear it those guys those guys go back home and watch that game and if they like me they got that extra thirty minutes added on to the game when you you know make sure you get all that overtime action in if it did go to overtime but those guys watch the they watch the pre and post game show you know Zach admitted to that last year Thad admitted to that last year so. Yeah, every I mean, no you know, pressure. No pressure. Yeah, Kendall's getting texts from Michael Wilbon during the game talking about him watching the pregame and postgame show. The eyes are on the Bulls right now. And uh it's it's interesting. It's interesting because 
It's hard to flip a team in two years, man. It's hard. And Kobe White and Zach Levine, the only guys on this roster, and one of those guys is on the men. So you know, shout out to AK and ME. But they got some tests still. They got some tests. And this roster, there might be some uh there might be some searching and some tinkering that Billy Donovan has to do. But this might be his, you know, his his hardest coaching job and and end of the year, hopefully it's his best coaching job. Yep. So that's all that's all we got. That's all we got. Looking good, fellas. It's good to see y'all. Good to see you. As always. As always. Yeah, man. Uh, we thank you guys for listening to the Bulls Talk Podcast brought to you by Coors Light. 